We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What is going on, everybody? Welcome to Striking Gold, your 49ers podcast on the Blue Wire Network. My name is Rob Lauder. I cover the 49ers for all of you fine folks on the other end of the speaker. I appreciate you tuning in. This episode is brought to you by Prize Picks. Today, we're going to talk about the 49ers coming unglued against the Minnesota Vikings, falling 22 to 17 in a performance that was entirely forgettable on both sides of the ball. Um, everybody sharing in a little bit of the blame. Very, very similar to how the 49ers played last week against the um, Cleveland Browns. So we'll see. Uh, a lot to break down here. Now, a little right up front. The last time I looked at my takeaway tweet, there were 79 replies. And I have stood by the fact that I am going to get to every single one of them. So I am going to give you my thoughts as fast as I can give you my thoughts while still giving you all of my thoughts. But, I mean, you could probably, being the educated striking gold listeners that you are, take a, take a great guess as to everything I would have to say. So uh, we're going to gloss over it really quickly. We'll hit the main points, and then we will get to your takeaways. And again, I've said that I'm going to try and get to every one of your takeaways. If there are 75 of them, that means that I have got to be pretty damn quick in order to get through them without making this podcast two and a half hours. So uh, if I don't spend that much time on your specific takeaway, uh, don't judge me. Don't be upset. Um, at least uh, we're getting to it. But just know that I do appreciate the fact that you hopped in there and offered your thoughts. Um, I'm basically splitting this up into an offensive and defensive breakdown. We're going to start with the defense. And on defense, it was an all-out collapse. An all-out collapse. They gave up uh, 6.8 yards of play to the Vikings. Who, uh, who converted eight of 13 third downs, had 452 total yards of offense, controlled the ball for almost 35 minutes of the clock compared to the 49ers, 25. 378 yards passing. Kirk Cousins was absolutely on fire. And let's just go one at a time. First, the defensive line was absolutely non-existent. They did not get a single sack in a group 
composed of at least three, I guess it is three, 20 plus million dollar players in Eric Armstead, Javon Hargrave, and Nick Bosa. None of them were even remotely close to getting Kirk Cousins onto the ground. I think there was one play where it almost looked like they did get him into the ground and out pops a Kirk Cousins like Mario coming out of a little green tube um, only to make the pass on third down to what was routinely uncovered receivers. The 49ers defensive front didn't manage uh, six quarterback hits. They did have five tackles for loss, but again, not a single, um, not a single sack for the group. Kirk Cousins had what seemed like all the time he needed. He threw 45 passes, completed 35 of them for just under 80% for 378 yards, two touchdowns and one interception and a 107.2 quarterback rating. Obviously, it, it, it says that the 49ers defensive front got six quarterback hits, but watching that game uh, at a first glance, it looked like Kirk Cousins was rarely even touched. I don't know technically what, what they refer to as quarterback hits, and usually once the quarterback throws the ball, the camera just instantly pulls away from him. So you never really get to see what happens to a quarterback after the play, but um, not a whole lot to show for it. Kirk Cousins look, looked wholly unaffected by the talented defensive front that was in front of him. Uh, the Vikings offensive line handled the 49ers without an issue. Um, even on the ground, the Vikings were decent. They had 21 carries for 74 yards. That's 3.5 yards per carry. And mathematically, that's enough. You, that's a first down. That's kind of like the baseline for a rushing offense. If you can average 3.5 yards a carry, then typically you're setting yourself up with third and short. And uh, if if the average maintains, you can you can convert. Excuse me on third down. So not a single sack for the 49ers defensive front. Kirk Cousins was able to throw 45 times without any one of the 49ers defensive linemen getting there. The secondary was beaten up and down the field. Again, Kirk Cousins threw for 378 yards. Rookie Jordan Addison's best performance leading up to this week was 72 yards against the Eagles. Uh, tonight, he caught seven of his 10 passes for 123 yards and two scores and was gone for most of the third quarter after an injury uh, that they considered was cramping. Uh, tight end TJ Hawkinson had 11 catches on 12 targets for 86 yards. Uh, and then you kind of go down the list there and everything. all the numbers are usual. But uh, the total passing offense of 378 yards is just abysmal. Uh, the Vikings receivers had consistent separation. Um, the 40, when the 49ers corners and safeties weren't getting beat, they were getting penalties thrown on them. Sometimes there were both to where the penalty didn't count because the Vikings receiver caught the ball anyways, or they made a play elsewhere. And this was all without Justin Jefferson, one of the league's absolute best receivers, everybody's fantasy football darling. Uh, he was on the sideline and still the Vikings offense had their way with Steve Wilkes defense. And that might be where it comes down to next. Is Steve Wilkes the reason that the a, a defense this insanely talented can just look pedestrian two weeks in a row? Now, last week, we kind of, they still, the Browns offense still scored enough points to beat the 49ers, um, even with the third string quarterback. But they didn't score a lot of points. So you were like, yeah, you know, the defense still sort of did their thing. And in a in a weird way, they sort of still did their thing this evening because I mean the Vikings scoring twenty two points isn't 
wild. You know, the 49ers offense has been scoring over 30 points for most of the games this season, but they were unable to do so this game. And it's almost like looking at the Vikings score of 22 points doesn't completely represent what we saw on the field. It just looked like the Vikings did whatever they wanted against the 49ers. And it was just a little bit gross watching that happen. So Steve Wilkes has his work cut out for him going forward. He's going to have to find a way to get this defensive front jump-started, to find a way to get his defensive scheme in the secondary, which is what is supposed to be his specialty, actually doing their job. Because at any given time, it, it felt like Vikings receivers were running free, or at the very least, they had two, three, four yards of separation. So something has to change. The 49ers defense has too much talent for it to be ran out of town like that. So uh, a pretty rough outing for the 49ers defense, but it wasn't that much better for the 49ers offense. Brock Purdy was looking like he was having a pretty solid game. I mean, even when all is said and done, he was 21 of 30 for 272 yards. Um, But it was in the second half when the 49ers needed him most that he fell apart. Um, If you look at the 49ers possessions, they led the game off with a field goal Inside the Vikings' 20-yard line, Christian McCaffrey had his second red zone fumble in three games. Uh, and then they had a missed field goal, 49ers. Then they had a touchdown, end of half. Punted to open the, the second half. Uh, a touchdown, a field goal, and then two Brock Purdy interceptions to close out the game. The Brock Purdy's first interception was borderline inexcusable. He threw the ball over the middle of the field, not anywhere near uh, the 49ers receiver that it seemed like he was targeting. And uh, it was just easily picked off. And then in the game's last drive, uh, they there was 34 seconds left. The 49ers were on like the Vikings 40-yard line. Uh, they just needed a couple plays to, to at least give themselves a, a, a normal shot into the end zone. And Purdy scrambled out of the pocket, threw it back across his, his body for the most part, and just didn't see a, a corner who had who – had Climbed with a corner safety who had climbed with the deep route. And it almost looks like a little bit of maybe a route running mistake or a scheme mistake. Because if you go back and look at that play, there was kind of like a seam running down that this defender was following. And then Brock Purdy threw it to another receiver coming underneath that seam. But this was like 20 yards down the field. And there were two 49ers receivers, pass catchers, um, like five yards from each other. So what happened was is that defender that was that was carrying with the seam was saw the pass and was easily easily able to come off that and step in front of the pass intended for the target that was coming underneath. So I don't know if somebody ran that crosser too deep, or you know, or maybe the 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 seam was flowing too far to the outside, but something made those two pass catchers a little bit too close together. So one defender was essentially able to cover both of them, but. In the end, Brock Purdy threw, st- still threw the ball. It was his second interception in the game, both of which were entirely his fault. And that's exactly what the NFL world is is wanting to see, is when the 49ers are down in the scoreboard, when they have to have it, can he deliver? And uh, so far, he is not. I mean, against the Browns, he did. And then uh, Jake Moody missed the kick. But again, in, that was followed, or that was preceded, by about three quarters of pretty bad play, uh, you know, and, and, and in a, another interception that was almost inexcusable in that game. So you come to the Vikings and you close out the game with two more interceptions, both of which were inexcusable. 
And, you know, the, the 49ers had a chance there at the end. The Vikings went for the 50-yard field goal. They missed it. They gave the 49ers the ball at their own 40-yard line with about, or excuse me, the 49ers 40-yard line with about a minute and 15 seconds left. Purdy had had ran five plays and had gained 20 yards, and that was it. Threw it into the hands of the defenders. So, you know, pretty rough game. At the very least, a rough finish for Purdy. And, uh, again, just feeding into the the narrative that, you know, the 49ers and the NFL world hadn't seen what he played like from behind, and uh, and this is what he put out there. So it's that's going to be definitely be a conversation throughout the week. Uh, another red zone turnover for Christian Caffrey, like I said. Uh, his second in three weeks. He was okay on the ground. He only had 15 carries for 45 yards. That's three yards a carry. But he did have a big big impact in the air. He had three catches for 51 yards and a touchdown. Um, he did score on the ground, punching it in in the first half. That is 16 straight games for Christian McCaffrey with uh, at least an inter- uh, at least one touchdown. So I believe that is some sort of a record. Keep in mind that the 49ers, again, did not have Debo Samuel or Trent Williams. Trent Williams is still recovering from that ankle sprain. Debo Samuel is said to have a hairline fracture in his shoulder and will miss a couple games. He is expected to miss next week's game against the Bengals, who are coming off a a bye, and the 49ers are going to be on a short week. You know, the 49ers played on, on Monday night. Now they have to go back to the West Coast and prepare for a quick game against the Bengals on Sunday, who, like I just said, were are coming off the bye week, and who arguably have a, a better passing attack than the Vikings. So uh, we'll see how the 49ers defense handles that. That'll be a good indication of if any adjustments were made and if they were effective. Just kind of thinking about this game, it just takes the 49ers down a peg or two as to what they might be able to accomplish in this NFL. Now that I believe they've got two games in between them and the Eagles in terms of the first seed in the NFC, that seems like a foregone conclusion. Uh, I mean, the 49ers can definitely still take that. I think the Eagles are coming up on a pretty rough schedule, but I mean, the Miami Dolphins were supposed to be a part of that rough schedule and they easily handled the Dolphins. Uh, so are, are the 49ers even a competition for the Eagles? Would the Eagles handle the 49ers as easily as they did the Dolphins? Uh, after the last two games, it would seem that way. Um, we'll see, though. The 49 Fred Warner came off the field for a little bit. He was grabbing at his leg. Uh, Trey Warner came off the field for a little bit. He was uh, banged up. So we'll see if those injuries. I normally wait for the press conference to listen to these, but given it's you know a school night, as the teacher would say, um, I didn't want to wait for those. I just wanted to ju- jump on here, especially knowing how many takeaways were waiting for me. So this is just a uh, um, a reality check for the 49ers two weeks in a row. Neither the Browns nor the Vikings are considered the cream of the crop when it comes to the NFL. And the 49ers up until these two games were considered the cream of the crop of the NFL. And now I, I, I'm not sure that's the case. Uh, the, now, the Vikings were two and four, but as we talked about in last week's pod, they didn't seem like a two and four team to me. Every loss they had was by one score. Uh, you know, loss is still a loss, but I knew the Vikings were a bit more potent than a lot of people were giving them credit for. Um, I didn't know they were this potent though. And, and maybe they're not, maybe the 49ers defense is really going through it right now in terms of what they're going to have to do to be effective because it was, uh, today was not it. Um, I think the 49ers are going to have to do a lot of soul searching if they really want to be, competitive 
if they really want to be considered a playoff team. Um, and not necessarily a playoff team. I still think that they're definitely that, but uh, a playoff contender, somebody that can push through the postseason and maybe even earn a little bit of home field advantage depending on who they're playing. But right now, I think the, that's it's far too early for the 49ers to think about that. They've got some serious adjustments that they need to do before they face the Bengals. And I believe the 49ers bye week is after the Bengals game. Uh, no, well, yes, it is. Okay. So they face the Bengals at Levi Stadium. Then they have a week nine bye. And then they head to Jacksonville. Then they play the Buccaneers at home. Then they head to Seattle. And then they head to Philadelphia. So uh, an interesting stretch coming up for the 49ers, starting with the Bengals uh, and then leading on from there. So rough loss for the 49ers. Uh, To me, it puts into question the defense more than anything to just get thoroughly mopped up and down the field by a Vikings offense missing its superstar is pretty inexcusable for Steve Wilkes and the rest of that crew. Um, it looked worse than it than it did last week against the Browns, obviously. Uh, it just seemed like they had absolutely no answer for anything the Vikings wanted to do. That's as easy as I can put it. But let's get to your takeaways. Uh, I'm going to hit refresh on this. Okay, 90 takeaways. 90. All right. I mean, I know, bitch. Let's let's roll. Hold on. I had, to, I had to actually hit the show more replies button. Okay, I'm going all the way to the bottom. I'm going to take a drink of this water I've got right here. Okay, no, I'm not going to edit it out. I'm not going to edit my drink out. Just know that I'm, I'm getting ready here. All right. Justin Louie starting it off strong. I'm done with this team. This team ain't shit. No defense. Purdy is looking like Jimmy G. I'm done. I don't blame you, Justin. Um, I have a feeling we'll probably see you next week. But at the same time, I don't blame you for being frustrated. But fight through it. Fight through it. Ryan says this team isn't in the Eagles league. We're losing them by 20 plus right now. Um, I think I agree with that right now. I think if they played how they played against the Browns and against the Vikings, I, uh, I agree with that. I don't know where that team that played against the Cowboys went, but they are uh, not pre- not present right now. Uh, Mike said, fire Steve Wilkes, get rid of fake Moody. Uh, Moody did miss another field goal. I do think that is a real concern moving forward, um, but he also did hit a 55-yarder. So, I mean, good for Moody for uh, for finding a way to, to right his wrongs in one way. You know, he did miss one, but he did make one, so... Good for Moody. He also made both of his uh, extra points, I believe. All right, back at it. Um, yeah, I think the fire Steve Wilkes talk, uh, I, I think the scrutiny towards Steve Wilkes, the 49ers defensive coordinator, is only going to get stronger. We'll see. Uh, Brian Hamilton, what, WTF, Wilkes. Yep, that's going to be a consistent string throughout these takeaways. Brock's block. Did they blow all their karma against Dallas? They blew something. No, uh, you know, no, no sexual suggestion intended. They blew something though. Something after that Dallas game, um, exposed this team in one way or another. I, I don't know what it is, but maybe they felt that game was their Super Bowl and they've written off the last two teams. But if that truly is the case, they've they're done writing teams off because they've been embarrassed two weeks in a row in a row by teams that, by the rest of the NFL, were. Con- considered vastly inferior 
Louie, Wilkes is garbage. He was brought to work on an already great unit, and he's destroying it. I wish I knew enough about defensive coordinators and their influence to like prove that uh, there are smarter men than me out there. And we'll, uh, we'll keep an eye out to see what comes out about what Wilkes is doing with this defense and how he himself could be impacting it. Uh, Opays Wilkes has got to go get a new kicker. Don't talk about winning MVP because it gets to your QB's heads and he plays like shit praying. We do something before deadline, because if we keep, Playing like this, there's no chance in hell we beat a team like the Ingles or the Dolphins. Uh, I, I mean, I agree. I think with the 49ers are playing right now, they do have no chance of beating a team like the Ingles or the Dolphins. They just no longer deserve that sort of respect. That's something that they're going to have to get back. And they're going to have a, uh, a matchup against the Eagles in not too long. Angelo, if secondary is weak or getting torched, why would you blitz or leave them in man coverage all night? Wilkes is clueless. If that, I mean, there were blitzes and there were poor time blitzes. I forgot to talk about that one. Steve Wilkes blitzing on third and long to close out the half is inexcusable with the amount of time left. Any gain, they wouldn't have, they likely wouldn't have had time to run another play. Maybe they gave up, they give up a long field goal depending on how much they gained on that play. Instead, they left everybody in man coverage. They blitzed. It didn't get home. Charverius Ward should have had an interception, but instead he allows, after wrestling free an interception to start the game, he then has a a pass that was 100% his wrestled away from him, and Jordan Addison walks into the end zone 50 yards downfield with no one around him. Um, So pretty inexcusable play calling from a from a defensive coordinator standpoint especially knowing that if they even if they completed a pass and he was just tackled they probably wouldn't have time to run another play um i'd have to see how much time was left in that but it's um it's it it, it was bad it was bad clay writes Purdy is starting to feel like a mobile Jimmy G, not good enough to get us over the hump. Also, we have all that talent on defense, but we did the last two years mostly. Steve's Wilkes just ain't it. As you can see, we are building up a trend. Chris says, Wilkes is a bum. Genuinely think if we stay like this, the Eagles will beat us just as bad as last time. Uh, Another trend, I do think the 49ers right now wouldn't have much of a matchup, wouldn't prove much of a matchup for the Eagles. Gilbert, Lynch better be on the phone tonight. He's probably on two different phones. I don't, I'm not sure exactly who he's talking to. One would probably be his wife trying to just uplift his spirits, and the other would probably be to see which players are available. But again, I, I'm not sure a player being available would have changed the outcome this evening. The 49ers just looked discombobulated, disorganized, unprepared. It was, uh, it was a rough evening. El Jefe, this team is not playing well. Brog looks like a rookie. Bosa looks overpaid, and our pass coverage is bad. Um, I don't actually think that criticism is unfair at this point. Nick Bosa just isn't producing how you would think somebody of his pay status and stature is. Um, again, not a single sack for, for anybody on the 49ers defense tonight against the Vikings. Fletcher S. Valentine, zero sacks tonight. Zero sacks tonight. As Fletcher said, um, a pretty embarrassing stat for a unit as stacked as the 49ers. Chris Wall, takeaway. Kyle loses good players in the second half of games. Zero production for Ayuk. Yeah, zero. Uh, Brandon Ayuk did not put up anything um, in the second half after having a pretty stellar half. Um, 
Let me see, because I've got a halftime statistic right here. At the half, Brandon Ayuk had five catches for 57 yards. Five of five for 57 yards. He was moving the ball with Purdy. And then if you look at the total game summary, Brandon Ayuk finished the game. Why is it not listing him here? There he is. Five catches for 57 yards. He only got one target in the entire second half. That's rough. That's rough. Especially it kept my prize picks from hitting on all four. By the way, real quick, quickly inserting that into here. My prize picks did win today. I did go with the flex flex pick, as you guys can remember. Um, Brandon Ayuk was just seven, eight yards from um, going over 65.5. But Brock Purdy did have more than 236 passing yards. Kirk Cousins had way more than 232 passing yards. And Alexander Madison was held to less than 68 total rush and receiving yards. So I did hit on three of the four. So we broke even and uh, and we're 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 moved. We survived for another week. Let's get back to your takeaways. Chris, no sacks, ripped apart, awful game. Well said. That's about all you that, that's <laughs> that is a description of the 49ers game against the Viking. Rob says the Bosa needs to give his signing bonus back. <laughs> Uh, I mean, he needs to produce. He needs to produce. Where is he at right now on the season? A couple sacks. Let me let me pull this up. I'm gonna pull the uh the entire team up here. Wasting precious time. It's okay. We're doing fine on time. We're doing fine on time. Okay, organized by sacks. Nick Bosa has two and a half, a half a sack more than linebacker Fred Warner. And half a sack less than Drake Jackson, who has three, and those were in the first game. Not great for Nick Bosa so far. Not great. Uh, Pinche Batman, defense looking mediocre back-to-back weeks. Too many dumb penalties, not executing. O-line is a hot mess, but plenty of time to figure it out. Hey, a little bit, a little shred of positivity for us, for us all. Um, plenty of time to figure out for the 49ers. Uh, I would I would agree, but they're seven games in. They're nearing the halfway point, and they are a team that is competing for playoff seeding. So they better figure it out pretty quick. Michael Marsh brought, inserted his gift that says, "Bring out the pooper scooper." So yeah, uh, I, I can I can see where you're coming up with that one. Josue says Browns without Watson, Vikings without Jefferson. Very disappointing on both sides of the ball in consecutive weeks. I think that's a great point. You know, the 49ers have now been beaten by two teams that were without their best offensive player. I mean, if you want to call Watson that, certainly isn't their best player, period. But he's out without their he's, he, he could be considered their best player on offense. And uh, the, they didn't need him to beat the 49ers, which is a pretty damning uh, – a pretty damning indication of uh, of the struggles. DJ Cabral, the third down defense was non-existent. Addison abused the secondary. He did. Uh, Addison ended up with seven catches for 123 yards and two touchdowns. Hell of a rookie outing, and now the Vikings know that they've got a number two opposite um, Justin Jefferson. Purdy with two awful throws. Both of them were awful. There are no ifs, ands, or buts about that. Both of Purdy's Turnover throws were awful. The running game was held in check. The 49ers running game as a whole had 22 carries for 65 yards and three yards a carry. Uh, that is not going to get the job done for the 49ers and what they're used to outputting, and it's not going to get the job done, period. 
Joshua Garver, get out of man coverage. You can only run man if you are hitting the quarterback. That might be one part of the 49er solution going forward because they were running man coverage and men were running right open. So, ouch. Greg White, 49ers had zero sacks. Brock Purdy, two late interceptions um, the last two drives of the game. Defense got burned on third down all night. Too much relying on CMC. Shanahan didn't mix it up with the running backs. Questionable play calling. Uh, Greg has has nothing. No one will be spared in Greg White's world. And uh, and I get it. I think after two weeks like this, it's fair to uh, to kind of pull out the torches in a way. Jamie Miller, Wilkes coaching has become an issue. This team has more talent on defense than last year, and it clearly has regressed a lot. Uh, that's fair. I think this this defense we all expected to be um, on par, if not better, than what we saw against uh, last year. And the way the season started, you kind of thought, okay, this defense looked pretty damn good, especially after the Cowboys. And now they've been beaten two consecutive weeks. This week was was so much more concerning for the 49ers um, just because of how badly they were beaten and how ineffective they looked. There were so many third downs where the 49ers defense wasn't even close to getting the job done. Arturo de Garcia, I am relying a little bit on Twitter Translate right now, translated by Google, um, but Arturo said, I truly believe that the first loss against the Browns has changed the way we all see the 49ers from achieving a spectacular victory against the Cowboys to going through a tough challenge against Cleveland uh, and now falling to the Vikings, looking very uncomfortable on the offense and defense. I think that's a great way of putting it. It does. They do look very uncomfortable. Uh, they, they're not really doing anything with dominance or confidence. It, it, it looks rough. They just don't look like the team we're used to seeing and the players out there should still look like the players we're used to. It's weird. And, and I wish I had the answer for you guys, but coach middle school football, you know, there's only, there's only so much, so much interest to see that can, that can blend over to the pro scene. Scott Callen, it may have been ugly, but it wasn't as ugly as Miami's loss or Buffalo's loss or Detroit's loss. I mean, Hey, the glass is glasses half full for Scott. And it is true. The, the Miami got their ass whipped Buffalo lost to a bad Patriots team and Detroit. Um, got worked up and down the field. So, I mean, I don't know. The 49ers lost to a mediocre Vikings team, you know, and just looked like they got exposed doing it. I, I guess I guess you wouldn't call that as ugly, but it was still pretty damn ugly. Fletcher Valentine, this rookie kicker ain't it. I mean, he didn't make it from 55, but he didn't miss it before that, and Worrying about your kicker missing kicks is just not something the 49ers have the luxury of doing, period. Santiago Rosas, Steve Wilkes is not the right fit for this team, and we've been seeing it since the Rams game. We'll see. We'll see. I mean, if I can go back to the Rams game, the 49ers gave up 23 points to the Rams. Yeah, that Rams game is crazy. Stafford threw it 55 times. For 307 yards. Eesh. Going back to that, man, you weren't, you're not kidding. Pudsy slippers. D line is overrated. I, I think that's a fair criticism at this point. I do think the, the D line is, is overrated. They just haven't generated the pressure in the sacks that, that they're required to given how much they're being paid. It's, it's just, it's that simple. Um, S S F 
Bo Sox fan. I was going to say Bozo fan, but it's, I think it's Bo Sox fan. Where's the pass rush? It was not out there today. That's for sure. Miguel, defense is struggling big time. No pass rush, and we need a lockdown corner. Uh, oh, man. Yeah, Charverius Ward has been decent, but he was not it today. He was struggling. He was getting penalties. He was getting burned. And again, he he had a surefire interception ripped out of his arms for a touchdown. The 49ers lost by five points, and they gave up a touchdown to end the second half in a pretty inexcusable way, both schematically and um, you know what you saw on the field. Joe said zero chance this team beats Philly. Um, I agree with that right now. Jay Borland says sign Kirk in the offseason. Yeah, all of a sudden Kirk Cousins started to look pretty damn good. We'll see how much that that ball picks up. Uh, Santique, how can a team this good be this bad? And that is my what might be my biggest question mark over the last two weeks is I feel like we know the 49ers are a great team. But right now they are playing like a bad team. So how the hell does that happen? The running game was non-existent. Where's Mason? Kyle needs to dial up something different. Yeah, Jordan Mason had no carries. Oh, excuse me. That might still be the case, but I'm on the wrong week. Let's make sure I get over to where I need to be. Week seven. I apologize. Did Jordan Mason get any carries? No, he didn't. (laughs) Uh, So it was right no matter what. Not a carry for Jordan Mason who actually looked pretty good uh, last week, and I think he's averaging over five yards a carry. So kind of wild. Joshua Garver, two horrible intersections with six minutes left. Holy poop. I'm going to let that one stand alone. Ron Domingo, bottom line, they were outcoached, period. Uh, there did seem to be a heavy level of coaching advantage that the Vikings enjoyed, especially on the offense side of the ball versus the 49ers defense. The 49ers offense looked pretty effective. I mean, you're talking about an offense that if you don't turn it over in the red zone, they're probably going to score. Let's just in the the make-believe land where ifs, ands, or buts, uh, shoulda, coulda, wouldas actually mattered. The 49ers don't turn it over in the red zone. Now, there's another, there's some subtraction to be had there as well because on that drive that the 49ers turned it over in the red zone, the Vikings went down and scored a touchdown. So if you just want to take that at surface level and you add seven points to the 49ers total, that would make it 24 and you'd be taking away seven points from the Vikings. Now there's nothing to say that the Vikings don't get the ball after the 49ers score and go score a touchdown of their own, but we're just having fun here. Calm down. 49ers add seven from to their score, 25. They take seven away from the Vikings and you're there at 15. You're already winning the game. And then you've got uh, Jake Moody's missed field goal. So now you're up to 27. And then you've got Brock Purdy's two fourth quarter interceptions. And one of those might, both of those should have resulted in some form of points. And you've got Charvarius Ward's ridiculous touchdown that he gave up to end the half. He shouldn't have even been in that position. The 49ers should, should have been playing like a deep cover three, cover four, whatever you want. Anything deep that just allows the play to fall in front of you. Um, but instead they gave up a crazy touchdown. And I mean, you just take away that touchdown to end the half and the 49ers were getting the ball back to start the third quarter and the 49ers win. So they had to make some pretty egregious mistakes for the Vikings to win this, but they did make those mistakes and the Vikings won. So I do, I do go back to Ron's statement though, of saying they were out coached 49ers defense looked like they had no answer for the Vikings. 
Quest for six. Wilkes should be on the hot seat. Can't waste all season with this defense. It could be. I'm not sure who the 49ers would bring in to replace him or if they would have anybody capable of coming in right away and automatically kind of improving everything, but we'll see. Yankee 19, everyone played bad, but this game was for Purdy to announce to the league he is for real. He failed, but next week he could succeed. Yes, I, I think it's fair to say Purdy failed. He still had some great throws, still led some great drives, but when it came down to it, uh, he uh, he threw two straight interceptions. You just can't do that. Caleb Summerfield, there's definitely been a step down from Sala and Ryan's with the in-game adjustments under Wilkes this year. The defensive line just doesn't feel like it has any juice or cohesiveness like 2019, despite being just as talented, if not more. Um, I'm going to let that one stand alone. I think that's well said by Caleb. I think that's well said. Um, C. Tates, Steve Wilkes needs to pull it together. Defense needs some revamping. Starting to see a trend, guys. Mike A, D-line is overrated. More trending golden era. Defense played like trash and still only gave up 22 points. Offense made their middle-of-the-pack defense look like an elite group. That they did. That they did. Hobby Brown, all that blitzing and no sacks. Yeah, you might as well have not have been blitzing. It, it, it was totally ineffective. Aaron Ship, defense forgot how to tackle. Jennings is not Debo. Brock growing pains begin. And I'm, I'm not too worried about Brock Purdy. I, I, I've seen enough to, to think he's good. Uh, maybe even great. But a couple of rough, couple of rough outings for him and a, and a few rough throws in there that are just inexcusable turnovers. Chad, D coordinator is the main issue right now. Gave up seven points to end the half and can't seem to call the right plays at the right time. I think that's a, a fair way of putting it. Steve Wilkes right now looks like he can't call the right plays at the right time. And I think that's fair. It seems like the 49ers are consistently ill-equipped to deal what's coming at them on offense. Um, we'll see how they look against the Bengals. William Collins, O-line needs help and an upgrade. Too many times running backs are being hit as soon as they get the ball by more than one guy. Yeah, the uh, the offensive line just, yeah, it, it wasn't great, and it wasn't great against the Browns either. Now, you kind of were willing to put that up Chalk that up to the Browns' defensive front just being elite. And the Vikings' defensive front is pretty great too, but not against the run. The Vikings' defense is not that great against the run, and the 49ers just could not get anything going. Three yards of carry just isn't quite good enough. Uh, Ramsey Nelson, the run game doesn't have any flow. doesn't look like the same scheme as the past. The D is just, I don't know, playing soft, no pressure from the D line. I don't know. Is it scheme or players just stop making plays? It's hard for me to accept the idea that this the players on this defense just all of a sudden lost the ability to make plays. If I had to put it on something, I'd put it on scheme. But again, I don't have the coaching acumen to just tear apart Steve Wilkes' scheme and what the Vikings were doing to it. But there's too much talent on this defense to just assume that all of them simultaneously have just forgotten how to do their jobs. That's what keeps me leaning to towards scheme. William Collins, the pass rush, bad tackling. They were both bad. They were both not there. Anthony team is not a real threat with that defense. I agree. Van Voutsinus. Kyle needs to get off the crack. He is nowhere close to as good as he thinks he is, and he needs to find a new defensive coordinator immediately. Uh, I mean, I don't know, man. I still have a pretty high opinion of Kyle Shanahan. 
and the things he dials up, but he may have some problems with his defensive coordinator. I agree. I'm not saying Kyle Shanahan's flawless by any means, um, but everything you saw on offense today looked like a player's mistake. You know, Chris McCaffrey, McCaffrey fumbling in the red zone, Jake Moody missing a 40-yarder, which is routine in the NFL, uh, Brock Purdy throwing two bad intercept interceptions to close out the game. Neither of those looked like they were like Kyle Shanahan asking him to do too much. Uh, James Nunziante, Nunziati, Nunziati. I like it. It just took me a little bit to see it. It says, let's see. One, terrible coaching, especially on defense. Two, lack of good fundamentals. Again, penalties and turnovers. Three, lack of talent at wide receiver. I don't know about that. Brandon Ayuk's pretty damn talented, but Debo Samuel was injured. Um, Four, pretty terrible decisions in the second half. QB played like Jimmy Garoppolo, not a top 10 defense. Nick Bosa burner returned some money. <laughs> uh, Lewis defense got absolutely exposed big time. That defense is not stopping any real contender. One on earth happened to the pass rush. Uh, I agree. I agree. You know, I agree, but I'm going to keep telling you because y'all are putting them in here. GK. Can we send out an APB for this vaunted defensive line? A missing persons report. Um, I think you can because I've kind of felt that way. Y'all have heard me say it multiple times on this podcast. The defensive line is not living up to its billing. And uh, we saw more of it today. Sports Mike, Steve Wilkes is not the right fit for the defense. RG line is looking insanely overpaid. Pretty coming back to the mean. He might just be an okay quarterback. I think that's a reality that we're all going to have to uh, become accustomed to. I think we are all, we always knew it, it could be the case, um, but we'll see. We'll see. David Soto, zero quarterback hits, terrible defensive schemes, and playing from behind all game makes Brock force interceptions. Wilkes needs to fix this before we end up out of a playoff conversation. I mean, it's it's not out of the question. I mean, I want to wander over here real quick to look at the NFC West defensive standings because I think the rest of the the rest of the NFC West. It's just been okay. Yeah, see the 49ers right now are five and two. Seahawks are four and two. Rams are three and four. Cardinals are one and six. So I mean the 49ers do have the Seahawks kind of breathing down their neck a little bit, but uh those two games against the Seahawks, and I think they I think they played the Seahawks twice in a three week span. Um, that'll get worked out. We'll see. Um, okay. Lester Sim, this defense played terrible. Purdy was impatient. Coaches got outcoached. The whole game was just brutal to watch. Uh, I think that's, there were a few little highlights, cool plays here and there. Christian McCaffrey's touchdown in a flat, making that one man miss and just immediately darting forward for the touchdown was, was cool to watch. <laughs> but, um, there wasn't much more than that. There was not much more than that. Uh, Fabian says no longer in the same boat with the Eagles of the chiefs. I agree. I agree. Jordan Serrano, we are the biggest pretenders in the NFC. Oof, tough criticism. Um, I think those last two games put that accusation into reality. They could be pretenders. Uh, We'll see. I'm just sitting here thinking about that, pondering that. Are the 49ers pretenders? I think their, their upcoming schedule will kind of put that and bring that more into light. You know, you've got the Bengals next week. 
Uh, then you've got to buy. Then you've got to got, got to go beat Jacksonville. Then you got the Bucks at home, and then you got to go beat the Seahawks. Then you got an Eagles. Seahawks. Yeah, they've got some games coming up where uh, they're either going to have to put the metal pedal to the metal, or or they will indeed look like pretenders. Brady Barend. Purdy's night featured a lot of high-level NFL throws and a handful of poor to bad decisions. I agree with that. I think Purdy did make quite a few great throws, but uh, they were kind of counterbalanced by poor decisions and uh, poor throws. Unfortunately, those poor bad decisions came in the most crucial moments of the game, ultimately costing them the win. I agree. Ross, no sacks. Mason got no carries. Mitchell got one. Is this sustainable for McCaffrey? It shouldn't be. McCaffrey's already playing with the you know, with, with a rib slash abdominal injury. So the fact that he's playing with an injury and you're still not getting the other running max carries, especially one that has been as effective as JP Mason is a little weird. Bosa has done some good things, but I think it's fair to say he's been disappointing with the lack of big plays. Where was Ayuk in the fourth lack of death at wideout kind of exposed. I'm not really worried about the depth at wideout. Like how many wide receivers should a team be able to lose before they're just not great? You know, with Ayuk is a a great receiver. Juwan Jennings is a solid number three, and they were only playing with Ayuk and Jennings tonight. I mean, Ray Ray McLeod is decent, but they're usually teams when you get down into the second and third receiver, there's not nearly the potency. Now the Vikings made that look laughable today because they were without Justin Jefferson and Addison just lit it up. So, I mean, I, I'm not necessarily sure. I, you would, I would be surprised if Brandon Ayuk was like blanketed in the second half. It, it, would, it would surprise me less that, that Purdy, for whatever reason, just wasn't giving him the ball or Kyle Shanahan wasn't calling plays to go his way, which would be equally, if not more, inexcusable. We'll see. Samuel L. Peralta, just frustrated. Hope they can clean up the miscues and start playing winning football. Um, I'm with you, man. I, it's it's always more fun to be on these podcasts when the 49ers are winning. And you'd think you'd had two weeks and two wins to show for it. But the 49ers have found a way to put that into question. W. Mac, no such thing as a beautiful loss. No, not at all. They all count the same. Not happy with it. But it's the NFL. Not going to win them all. The objective is to be the last team standing. Better to take our lumps now and get hot later. Hopefully the play callers and signal caller learn from it. I mean, if the 49ers can turn around and they get hot later, then no one's going to remember any of this. It won't matter. Um, But right now it makes the 49ers look like they're incapable of heating up. It's a little weird. Christian Lyons, zero sacks. I believe Christian was our first takeaway. You're not at the top of the list. But I remember yours popping up first. Zero sacks. Jordy R., how do we go from the top defense to can't stop a cold? Have to reevaluate both sides of the ball. Maybe bring in someone to help stop the run and another offensive weapon. They've got the cap space to do it. Now, I know the 49ers are hoping to roll that cap space over to next year, given the amount of contracts that they've got coming up and players they need to resign. Uh, but we'll see. Uh, they might have some guys that they need to cut loose with, too that just aren't up to snuff this year. Chris Kaufman, Moody was bad, then good again. 49ers couldn't get home. How much experience and money does that D-line have to not get a sack? We missed Devo. I agree with all that. Moody recovered. He rebounded. Good for him, putting the 55-yarder through. Uh, How much experience and money does that D-line have to not get a sack? If there's one takeaway 
from this game. Like you told me I could only have one takeaway. I think that would be it. 49ers are paying an incredible percentage of cap space to that defensive line for them to look pretty mediocre. Pablo Murrah, no pressure on the quarterback. Zone defense looks weak. Um, I'm not sure how much man versus zone they played. It both looked bad. Purdy looked startled and making poor decisions. CMC didn't look 100%. Scott Lim, right now this team looks like paper champions. All that hype early on is gone after the last two weeks, and they are in real jeopardy of this Super Bowl window shutting if they don't get things figured out quickly. Lots of schematic changes need to be made ASAP. I wish I wish I knew enough about scheme to pinpoint that stuff. You know, I'd, I'd have to really watch the all 22 and look at what they're doing again. I saw a schematic schematic problem on that final play, or at least what looked like a schematic problem because you had two pass catchers running relatively close together and Purdy tried to target one and a defender just came off one guy. You know, I, I could be wrong though. I'd have to see it. David J, can the Niners find a way to change things up a bit? Do they only have one running back? Does CMC have to get pounded to a pulp before we see someone else as a change of pace? No imagination. Kyle's getting like his dad. Uh, I, I mean, I didn't know Mike Shanahan and his downfall enough to know what he did or didn't do and, and why he, he became how he became. But I, I do think the Christian McCaffrey usage is getting a little silly at this point. Like. Given the majority of touches, but you know, if you're going to have 30 touches a game, McCaffrey can have 20 of them. You know, to me, it's inexcusable for him to be out there for like 99% of the plays. It's just not sustainable. Johnny Soros missed field goals, so I'd say struggled in all three phases. I mean, I guess you're right, because I think in the original tweet, I said they struggled on both sides of the ball. I mean, special teams is on one side of the ball. You know, they do stand on one side of the ball. So pick pick whichever one. Michael McVeigh, that game was like watching a slow death. The first interception of the fourth quarter. I don't know why a play like that has to be called when you're methodically moving the ball downfield. The way to end the game was just as bad. Third downs, kill defense all night. George is getting upset. <laughs> uh, I, I mean, George should get upset. It was pretty bad. Now, I know this team is going to have Brock Purdy's back. I could go look at the press conferences and uh, and what players would have said. You know they're going to have Purdy's back on this. But he's got to turn it around, and he's got to take this team back to uh, scoring 30-plus a game. And, uh, I think it's Niali, Niali Rowe. Can't tell if that's two L's or L-I, Niali or Niall. I don't know. I'm, I'm not trying to slaughter your name. It's just hard to read the way Twitter's font is. What on earth has happened to this defense? I mean, that should probably be the title of the podcast. I don't think it will because, you know, you got to pick something a little more broad. But what on earth has happened to this defense is right. Felt like Cousins had all day back there. And my goodness, were we awful on third downs? No sacks. We seem a long way off of the Sala and Ryan's defenses, unfortunately. I agree. I do agree. Sui Generis can't blame the refs too much tonight. No, I mean, there was a few ticky-tack calls, but 49ers did it themselves. Whatever Wilkes is doing on defense isn't working, but there seem to be no signs of adjustment. Far too many easy underneath and middle intermediate throws. I'm getting sick of watching these bend, but don't break defense. It's breaking. It definitely broke plenty of times tonight. And you are correct. I mean, there was even one play where Kirk Cousins 
was about to be sacked and he just throws it to a crossing defender who had two yards of separation. Like it just seemed like an over and over thing. Um, Hakujin Mike. Well, defense is a fraud, no pass rush, but that's understandable when the back end plays soft all game long and is no threat. Yeah. It has to go together. It, it really does. Uh, the, the pass rush is not the reason for the secondary struggles. It's not the only reason because it works both ways. I mean, if you're going to, when we get to see Kirk Cousins time to throw, it's going to be very quick. So a lot of times the pass rush didn't have time. They still got to find a way to make more plays than they did. But the secondary has to put some sort of, I mean, even even some sort of car seat. We're not even talking about straps. We're talking about like a, a booster seat or a car seat or something that just slightly contains a defense. Because uh, they couldn't even do that. The, the pass rush, in a lot of cases, didn't have time to get to the quarterback because somebody was open within two seconds. I'm no coach, but Jesus, seems like Wilkes has us in the wrong call more often than not. Purdy kept him in it until he tried to do too much. Didn't have to. I I mean, I agree in the drive before that that he didn't have to. That was kind of an un, un, unexcusable, inexcusable mistake. Then the final drive, he sort of did have to. He only had 30 seconds left, but it still just seemed a little forced. Weird, weird. So, grass, short week, traveling back, facing Cincy off there by. This was an important one. Ward repeatedly got cooked. Pass rush was non-existent and Purdy down at the end. But Jalen Moore played a fine game, and I don't want to give him props since these takeaways will be mostly – I you want to give him props since these takeaways will be mostly negative. You are correct. They have been negative this entire time, uh, except for a couple. Um, but, yeah, Jalen Moore looked okay. I mean, I think that he might have been the one that gave up the sack to start the second half when they only blitzed three. But, I mean, coming in and replacing Trent Williams against a very decent Vikings front, I'm with you. Rich Boss, Steve Wilkes needs to step up big time. He can't have this kind of talent on defense playing this badly. Purdy needs to get over the hump fast. Some tough games up ahead. An important point right there. Purdy needs to get over the hump fast. There are some tough games ahead. There are. And they are going to make the 49ers season. Gaming times, Pat. The pass rush was missing. No pass rush. Exposed the corners. Pass protection was pretty rough. The offense didn't seem smooth. Too many turnovers as well. It was an all-around rough night. It was. It was rough all around. Rob Krager seems like a completely different team than when than when we throttled the Cowboys. Defense looks downright awful. A lot of money to spend on a D-line that produces nothing. Offensive line not doing enough to get the run game going makes us one-dimensional. Yeah, it makes you uh, Brock Purdy throwing the entire game. My biggest takeaway is the defense, says Hundo P. It's done a complete 180. The D-line is not creating pressure. That leads to turnovers, and the lack of discipline in the secondary has really been a problem. Yeah. I'm just, I mean, I'm thinking about it. Obviously, you guys can't see me right now, but I kind of just got my head up, and I'm just thinking, like, how does a unit this good I mean, it's like the takeaway we read earlier. How does a unit this good play this bad? It's weird. McDre, the defense, and was manhandled, had no pressure on the quarterback, and the offense turned the ball over. The magic of the first five games is gone. Yes, it indeed is. Courtney Coffer, Court Coffer, excuse me, not Courtney. Takeaways, right side of the line is terrible. Please get help here and the interior. Steve Wilkes is failing miserably, and we need to stop losing defensive coordinators every other year. 
I mean, there's nothing the 49ers can do about that, really. They all work their ass off, and then they get head coaching jobs, and they're both doing pretty damn well. Please trade for a quality cornerback. I will dial up John Lynch. Currently, we are not a top five, not a top five team. I agree. Alex Harrison, Niners defense not being able to stop a nosebleed. Worst run D they've had in a long time. Very true. Can't get any pressure on a quarterback to save their lives. Brock Purdy being incapable of bringing the team back in games they are trailing. Well, in his defense, he did do it against the Browns. But I never really want to offer him that excuse because he played so poorly in the three quarters before that. So it's like, sure, you you did get that, put them in position to win with a field goal, but damn, do it for three quarters. All right, we're coming down to the last five takeaways. I'm I'm currently debating internally if I'm going to press refresh on this tweet to see how many takeaways were added. Right now it's just 97. Oh, man, that's a big decision. I think I got to honor it. We'll see. Too fresh, really concerned about this defense, as you should be, as you should be. This line has been almost non-existent so far this season, unable to make the question marks on defense. See, I, I thought I was being too hard on this defensive line throughout the start of the season, but it really just has devolved into mediocrity. You know, at first I was willing to say, eh, you know, so they didn't get anything in this game. We know they're going to eventually break out, and they have not. I'm wondering if this pushes Lynch to make an aggressive trade for Sertain, Chase Young, Horn, Leonard Williams, all of them. Uh, I mean, I really I, – hashtag striking gold fam. Um, I think it does. I'm not sure who. Do you want a corner or do you want a pass rusher? To me, those are the only two options. I think the offense is good enough. It's great enough. But you've, you've got to get something, something going on defense. Blue-eyed renegade. I like that. Bosa is trash after getting the money. I mean, he statistically hasn't been great. If you watch him on a down-by-down basis, maybe he's having more of an impact than we're getting credit credit for. Maybe not. The offense held in check again and quite easily. Um, I agree with that. I agree with that. I mean, they did shoot themselves in the foot a little bit, but I do agree with that. You'd think they would have still managed more than 22. The defense is mediocre. 409 plus yards given up tonight. Nine of 12 third downs converted by the Vikings. Yeah, it was it was bad. Mathau, takeaways from the game. Niners aren't winning a Super Bowl with Purdy at quarterback. Wilkes has to lead, let go. Defense has regressed majorly. Can't depend on Moody. Um, I'm not going to say the 49ers aren't winning a Super Bowl with Purdy. To me, a comment like that, like, it only holds so much water because it's so damn hard to win a Super Bowl with anybody. But I'm I'm not sure if the 49ers can't win it with Purdy. Last couple games really make me question what his ceiling is, but not ready to say that yet. I I think I'm more sold on the idea that they can't depend on Moody. We'll see where he goes from here. That 55-yarder should be a confidence boost. He made the extra points. Let's see where he goes from here. I'm not saying your criticisms aren't worthy. I'm just saying I'm not quite there yet. Isaac, the last of the takeaways currently. Do I hit refresh? Brock Purdy doesn't have a single cube of ice in his veins. We always wondered how he'd look in adversity two weeks in a row. 
He's looked terrible. I think that's fair. I think that's fair. Just kind of seeing how other people react to that tweet. Yeah. Yeah, and one of the people you replied to said, defense also got us opportunities in the end, Purdy threw two interceptions. That is correct. The defense was horrible. But in the end, in the fourth quarter, they kind of, you know, if you go and wander over here and you look at the Vikings' possessions in the fourth quarter, they had a punt and a missed field goal, and then they kneeled at the clock. And the 49ers responded to those drives. You know, you let's look at the whole second half. The defense held the Vikings to field goal, field goal, punt, missed field goal. So the 49ers defense only gave up six points in the second half. The 49ers in the second half went punt, touchdown, field goal, interception, interception. So I do agree with you in the fact that the defense, as bad as they played, gave the 49ers offense a chance to win it. They only scored six points in the second half. The 49ers offense had a chance, and uh, they couldn't get it done. So, I mean, I'm not absolving the 49ers defense of their struggles. They were bad. We talked about that. But uh, they did give the team a chance in the second half. They did. All right, I'm hitting refresh on the takeaway post. Let's see what this changes to. Okay, so now it's at 97. So I I, got to go through here and find the new tweets that are all of a sudden inserted into the mix. I know Christy Cruz is a new one. So much money on the D line that isn't as dominant as it should be. It's not dominant at all. So I agree with you. Our offense is yet to put together a big come from behind win. Two important things needed for a deep playoff run, in my opinion. I like that. The defense isn't dominant and the offense hasn't produced a come from behind win. And those are two important factors in a playoff team. We don't have an offense that can erase a night when defense is pedestrian. I agree. I think those are all great points, and I am glad that I hit refresh and found your tweet. Um, That's one I saw. I'm just kind of going through trying to pick up names that I didn't see. Uh, Angelina Chen, Wilkes needs to go. D'Amico would always change things up when the defense wasn't working. Wilkes' solution equals blitz. Pathetic. My dog could coach better than this. (laughs) I'm just picturing a dog trying to coach a defense and what he would do. Okay, I'm just scrolling through the takeaways, trying to see if I can, you know, just pick out names that I don't remember seeing. I know you guys are just sitting there listening to me. I'm trying, you know, when you hit refresh, they're not organized. They just pop up, you know? So it's like, I'm just trying to look for names that I didn't see. I know there's some in here. And if I didn't see your takeaway, I'm sorry. I really am. Really am. But I'm looking. I promise I'm looking, but I, I'm pretty sure I just got through 90 plus takeaways, 90 plus. And look, here's the, here's the, the ultimate takeaway from the takeaways. Thank you for being a part of this podcast and putting your takeaway in here. I know that a lot of those were very similar, but I am not going to skip over somebody's takeaway just because it happens to be similar to somebody else's. I'm not going to take just 10 of them and talk about the best ones I think that would probably make for a better conversation, you know, like I wouldn't keep saying the same things over and over, but then to me, take that wouldn't then takeaway time wouldn't be takeaway time. It would be, you know, like uh, you'd have to listen to it. Just hoping that I picked your tweet, you know, and uh, that's not necessarily how I want it to be. Even when I get 97 replies, because we did it. And hopefully this doesn't didn't seem like a waste of time to you. 
Um, it, it sounds like a lot of you guys agree with each other. Steve Wilkes has got to find a way to, to hone the talent he's got in his unit. Um, Brock Purdy has got to calm down a little bit and um, figure out how to do what he's doing without putting the ball in harm's way. And, and for a while, I, he just seemed like he knew always knew where to go to the ball and, and had no problems keeping it away from the defense. But now we're at a point where, you know, he's in two weeks in a row, he's he's let the defense get his hands on it. And if you go to his stats now, I think I had the 49ers stats up here. What did I do with them? Um, you know, his, his, his interceptions are starting to catch up with his, uh, with his touchdowns. And that just simply cannot be the case if the 49ers want to make a postseason push. The defensive front has to find a way to be better. The secondary has to find a way to be better. Steve Wilkes has to figure out what's wrong with that group if he wants to remain the defensive coordinator. And even then, man, switching defensive coordinators midseason, that's tough. And who would the 49ers bring up that they feel like could be an upgrade over a veteran like Steve Wilkes? So they're in a tough spot. And, and they're in a spot where they have to start thinking about these problems now. It can't just be like, well, if we keep playing this bad, I think they've already established a baseline of stuff needs to be changed. And I'm not necessarily talking about personnel, but they can't go into the next game against a passing attack like the Bengals and ex- and do the same things and expect a different outcome. So we'll see what adjustments they make. So I clicked on my notifications. I found a couple more takeaways. Ricardo Palacios, we should have scored in the first drive. That fumble was stupid and Moody can't miss any more field goals. Uh, if the 49ers score in that first drive and everything else plays out the same, they win the game. So, uh, yeah, that deserves quite a bit of scrutiny. David Dubravic, Wilkes has got to go. Everett Smith, our man defense, got trashed all night. We couldn't run the ball, had zero timeouts with one minute, and Purdy tried to make a play. Uh, B. Pardini just feels like they take the field expecting to win without trying. There is an element that I agree with that. It does feel like the 49ers are like, expecting things to go better than they are. Like they're shocked when another team is giving them their best effort. Well, like you're the, you're the now five and two at one point were the five and oh, 49ers like, you know, like everybody's going to give you the best shot. It's just the way it is. Kind of scrolling through the Twitter timeline. Um, seeing if anything popped up that, you know, kind of changes anything I've said. I'm just kind of scrolling super quickly. You know, anyways, I think that's it. I think that's good. I think that's a good reaction to the game. Um, I'll try and I'll try and take a closer look at this game and just see what went wrong from a defensive side and uh, see if I can bring to you some more insights in our podcast later this week when we preview the 49ers game against the Bengals. Um, we'll see. We'll see. I appreciate every single person that got into the takeaways. I cannot say that enough. Um, uh, it is one of the best problems I could ever ask for to have to get through 97 takeaways. So thank you to every single one of you that contributed. Please do it again next week, win or loss, because uh, you're just helping make the pod what it is. Um, but you already know what it is. Before I get out of here, prizepicks.com slash gold. We got in the win column. We got back in the wind calm. We were one Brandon Ayuk, 
catch away from um, hitting on all four, but we moved the flex play and we got three right, so we're back in the win column. Get yourself over to prizepicks.com slash gold. Um, but as always, all good things must come to an end. And for another episode of Striking Gold, I'm Rob. This is your pod, and we are signing out.